Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are off and running. A happy Thursday to you. It's the Live from Ashburn show, one of my favorites of the week. Michael Phillips here, MP on the mic, taking you up to noon AWOD Radio takes over from there and a good morning to everybody listening worldwide on the odyssey app with the rewind function uh download it free from the apple store or google play we got a lot to get to today uh some basketball last night uva looked fantastic last night virginia tech stumbles against auburn uh the shockers nab the spiders uh in a game of quality mascots and uh tonight Got a little women's basketball, LSU, Virginia Tech on tap. Going to be a busy day. It's a Thursday. We'll take you inside the commander's locker room. That is what we do here on Thursdays. Uh, I'm up in Ashburn. I chatted with some of the commander's players yesterday. It's uh, it's a bit of a situation because there's five of these left. And uh, I, I, don't think they, I don't think they're as interested in playing them as you are in watching them. Uh, I think that's about an equivalent level right now. Um, look, you got guys who this really matters for, and you got guys playing for their careers and their livelihoods, but it's, uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough when you don't have playoffs on the line, when you know big changes are coming. Uh, so certainly all the players still motivated, uh, motivated by their futures in football and, and their future contracts, and, and Ron Rivera is going to put them in positions to succeed and do that. Uh, but it is uh, it, it is uh, a lot of a lot of football left between now and then. That's uh, it's not a threat. That's a promise. Uh, five five more of these, including the bye, uh, starting this weekend. Miami Dolphins come to town with Tyreek Hill to a tongue of Iloa. That offense, uh, yeah, you can see you can see why. Uh, you know, we all sigh when we talk about the Commanders these days. But uh, we'll we'll take you inside the locker room, chat with the players. That'll be at 11. Our friend Lane Casadante from CBS 6 joins us. Uh, I was going to say, as he does on Thursdays, it's been a while since we've chatted with Lane. We had Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, we had stuff going on. He had stuff going on. Uh, really excited to have Lane back on the program, of course. And it's uh, flight tracker season uh, in college football. Unfortunately for JMU fans, it's Kurt Signetti at the center of the rumor mill today as uh, Power 5 coaches come calling for the JMU coach. Will he stay or will he go? 
Uh, the Clash no doubt asked that question back in the 70s, thinking about this Kurt Signetti coaching search in 2023. Michael Phillips here, MP on the mic. That's the show. Uh, look, look, it's not all bad in Ashburn. Um, I, I shouldn't even say this out loud because you get some secrets you got to keep to yourself. But the, the best Chick-fil-A in America is up here. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I, yeah, I don't want this out there, out there. Um, but, but Dulles Airport, right just south of Dulles Airport is the, uh, the, uh, a wing of the National Air and Space Museum. Uh, so the big one's on the mall. Then they got a second one out by Dulles. Really cool. They got like a whole space shuttle in there, a bunch of stuff. There's a Shake Shack in there. So that's cool to start with. Um, bunch of old airplanes. If, if you're a military history person at all, you, you've got to go. To, to the Dulles Wing of the Air and Space Museum. It, it's fantastic. If you just enjoy cool things, it, it's a great place to go too. But across the street, so you know, you leave and like across the street, there's a Chick-fil-A. It's the best Chick-fil-A in America. There's, it's like not in a residential area and it's not on like a common highway off-ramp exit. There's, there's never a line, but it's fully staffed. It's hot. They get you the food quickly. It's the jam. Uh, it's it's the place to be, and I say that Chick Fil A man, high standards. That that's a place with high standards everywhere, but this one, Air and Space Museum in D.C., the Chick Fil A across the street, that's the one. It's number one in America. Um, now I'm not gonna, you know, there aren't a lot of bad Chick Fil A's, but I, I think the worst Chick Fil A in Richmond's in my neighborhood, unfortunately. So so I'm particularly attuned to good ones because there just aren't a lot of bad ones. It's not a place that has a lot of bad ones. You, like Chipotle. There are huge variants in Chipotles. There are really good Chipotles and really bad Chipotles. High, vari- high variance fast food restaurant, fast casual restaurant. Very little variance in the Chick-fil-A. You know you're going to sit in line for a while. You know you're going to get a good product. You know everybody's going to be friendly. This one's next level, though. Shout out. Shout out Aaron, Dulles Aaron Space Museum Chick-fil-A. That's, uh, that's where we're starting this morning. Starting with the, sh- with the Chick-fil-A shout out. Uh, but we got a lot of basketball to cover, too. UVA looked so good last night in their win over Texas A&M. Coming off of a rough stretch, right? I, I mean, these guys stumble against Wisconsin, uh, barely beat a, a pretty decimated West Virginia team, and, boy, they they crushed Texas A&M last night. That defense was suffocating. Tony Bennett, man, he... he Look, we learn this lesson all the time, right? He was left out of the top 25 this year. And I'm like, man, don't leave Tony Bennett out of the top 25. He always gets that team humming, you know. And a little bit like the Ron Rivera thing, right? You're like, hey, he always finishes with eight wins. Get ready for eight wins. And then, you know, well, what if this is the year that he doesn't? And, you know, you start asking yourself, you know, Wisconsin crushes him. What if this is the year that they're right about Tony Bennett? Uh, you know, uh-oh. Uh, nope. Uh, Tony Bennett... Uh, in his reputation era, as the kids would say, proven a point last night against Texas A&M, uh, suffocating the Aggies. Buzz Williams, the coach there, of course, you remember him from Virginia Tech. He he hasn't stopped his antics yet. Uh, the player gets hurt late in the game, and Buzz like runs out on the court and stops the game, and the refs let him. That's definitely not in the rules. The coach is not allowed to run out on the court and stop the game. Like the officials can stop the game for an injury, or they can let it let it play on with the advantage. The coach can't just come out there. He just starts lecturing the referees. It was very very bizarre. Um, but but UVA held him at arm's length the whole way. That was all defense. I used some stats from this game that, that that are wild. The bench for UVA, their bench players scored zero points last night. 
and very, very few free throws. They didn't go to the line often. Uh, basically, all of their starters hit 10 points, and uh, and that was enough. Man, Ryan Dunn, I told you about him yesterday, 6'8 guard. He had five blocks, and they were like volleyball practice-style spikes. Kid was playing out there. Tons of NBA scouts in the building. Love to see it for the Who's. Uh, who are off and running. Uh, one bright spot for AM, Henry Coleman, uh, who you remember him locally from Trinity Episcopal. Uh, and Josh will play the clip here, the uh, Buzz talking about Henry Coleman. This is uh, uh, Buzz Williams, Texas AM coach, uh, Trinity Episcopal's Henry Coleman, a Richmond kid. Uh, re- really cool uh, shout out here after the game and, and some nice thoughts about him. I, I think he's Barack Obama. <laughs> Uh, if you were to spend a day in College Station and just shadow him, you would be overwhelmed by the reverence he commands in the most humble way. Like, uh, been around a lot of good players, been around a lot of good people who are good players. Uh, he fits in that group. But, like, he's um, he's going to be the commissioner of the ACC at some point. He's going to be the president of the United States. He just has an aura about him, no matter what group of people he's with, in that his ability to maneuver in no matter what group, like when he leaves that group, they're like, man, what a great guy. He's just, um, he has been incredibly well received in the two and a half years that he's been with us. That's uh, Buzz Williams, Texas A&M. Coach on Henry Coleman, who we knew that watching him uh, come up in Richmond on the uh, on, on a pretty good Richmond prep basketball scene. Uh, he was dominant out there at Trinity, and uh, also, also great to hear uh, his off-the-court influence, and uh, always great to hear uh, praise like that from a coach and uh, about a player and, and certainly one we've experienced here. All right, the other side of that, though, uh, not, not with Henry, but the other side of that is whatever is happening – with the LSU women's basketball program. And it's coach Kim Mulkey. You may remember her from Baylor when she uh, appeared she would like kill wild animals and wear them on the sideline. That was like her thing. Uh, You may remember her from last year when she won the national title with LSU. Uh, Staying crazy the whole way. Uh, I mean, LSU brought everybody back this year. And she started the season by not kicking off the team, but benching. Angel Reese, their star player, for four games. And then, uh, like, refused to talk about it um, anytime anybody had, had asked. Um, so so we've, got, we've got some clips here along the way. But um, it, first off, uh, here's a, why, don't, why don't you play you're not entitled to that info here. This, this is people uh, asking uh, when, uh, when Angel Reese would return LSU's best player, which seemed like a fair question. Decided if she's going to the Cayman Islands yet? If I have, I wouldn't tell you. Okay. You're not entitled to that information. Okay. Okay? So I'll say it again. Angel was not in uniform tonight. Angel is a part of this basketball team, and Angel will be back sooner than later. So it's a practice. I've given you my answer, Glenn. Okay. <laughs> It's uh, Kim Mulkey, LSU basketball coach, coaching against the Hokies tonight. All right, so she does her press conference yesterday. Is this the day? Uh, And yes, Angel is back. Here is the clip. Kim Mulkey making the announcement uh, in in her way where 
she not just saying Angel is back, but she is also chastising us for caring about whether or not Angel Reese will play in tonight's game. So if she looks good, you're going to say she's been practicing with the team the whole time. If she looks bad, you're going to say, oh, coach just threw her out there. It doesn't matter. Angel is back, and we are happy, happy, happy. She's happy, happy, happy. She's available to play Thursday. Happy, happy, happy. One big happy family down there, LSU women's basketball. Top 10 showdown against Virginia Tech. I mean, that's what we want. Angel Reese, Liz Kitley uh, going at each other one-on-one tonight. Uh, It's going to be a great game, 9 o'clock ESPN on that one. Uh, you just, I mean, she is, she is a character. By the way, let, let's play clickbait too, Josh. We'll sneak that in before the break here because she, uh, she lectured the reporters about the reporting on Angel Reese. By the way, the star of last year's national title game didn't play for four consecutive games. Uh, and here was, uh, here was Kim Mulkey's take on uh, the reporting on that. Well, some of y'all make salaries on clickbait, right? Isn't that the new thing, clickbait? Some do, don't they? Hey, it would be nice every time y'all use me as clickbait to get some of your salary, right? Right? Yeah? Fair enough? Katie, quit laughing back there. You're the one making me talk today. Just uh, just a bunch of people clickbaiting out there. Bunch of clickbaiting going on. Yeah, why'd you have that clickbait out there? It'll it'll get you. Yeah, star of the national title game, uh, taunted Caitlin Clark to her face at the end of the national title game, missed for four weeks. Uh, somebody in her orbit posted this wouldn't have happened with Don Staley, the South Carolina coach. Uh, and yet, after all this, the main takeaway here from Kim Mulkey is, is, get your nose out of my business. I'm trying to coach a basketball team. I, all right, all right. Hey, I'll be watching. It's good, good theater. It's good theater. It's good entertainment. Virginia Tech women take on LSU tonight, 9 o'clock on ESPN. Top 10 matchup. We'll look forward to that. We'll spin you out to Harrisonburg after the break where coaching carousel season is on and Kurt Signetti is right in the middle of it. Dwayne Cassadani joins us at the bottom of the hour. Loaded show. We're off and running. Appreciate you guys joining us on a Thursday morning. It's 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Well, college football to warm you up on a Thursday morning. Michael Phillips here, MP on the mic. That's the program. Appreciate you guys tagging along with us this morning. Uh, news out of Harrisonburg this morning uh, in the JMU coaching search, uh, not the JMU coaching search, the Indiana University coaching search, uh, they have reportedly zeroed in on JMU coach Kurt Signetti. Now, that's not a surprise at all, obviously, uh, in terms of we knew Kurt Signetti would be highly coveted uh, among openings this year. This is this is always, this is the trickiest week in college football, right? You got a lot of things going on. We've got championship games. We've got Georgia, Alabama, and if Bama wins, it's full chaos, and I love it. You've got Michigan, Iowa this week. Uh, Washington, Oregon's going to be fantastic on Friday night. You've got a huge week of football. You've also got schools that have fired their coach looking for a new coach, uh, which is what we're talking about here, and, and that's its own event. Uh, you know, they're talking to assistants from these teams that are still playing. They're talking to, to teams that are very much getting ready for championship games and bowl games. And then on top of that, you've got this is when the players decide if they're coming back next year or not, or if they're going into the portal. Uh, portal season's on. Uh, you see guys either declaring for the draft or declaring declaring for the portal. I don't know if you declare for the portal or not. Well, you know, entering the portal. Uh, all of those things. And, and amid all that, uh, a plane connected to an Indiana University booster made two trips to Harrisonburg yesterday 
picked somebody up both times and flew them back to Indiana. Um, so Kurt Signetti did his uh, weekly radio chat with Dave Riggers, uh, who is the JMU, Dave Riggert, who is the JMU uh, voice, play-by-play uh, -play voice. Uh, he had his chat yesterday, asked him about this. Uh, let's play the clip, and uh, then we'll react. Will you entertain conversations if, if people call or anything like that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I have a great job, and I've got a long-term contract, and I really like it here. I like living here. I like the people, and I think we're building something special. Um, and, you know, it, let, let's face it, head coaches get paid well. Now, there's a lot of pressure, and you got to produce. you got to win games. But a head coach in the Sun Belt, uh, even at, at the top tier, you know, if you're in the top tier, you're very appreciative uh, – you know, that people recognize you should be. Um, and, uh, but when you compare that maybe to uh, Big Ten, SEC, or ACC head coaches, you know, you're talking $5 million. I mean, that's a lot of money. So you, at, at that point, you almost owe it to yourself to listen a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that you're driven by money or going to make a decision based on money. A lot going on there in in that Kurt Signetti answer there to to Dave Rigert uh, on the JMU Radio Network, ESPN Radio, out there in Harrisonburg yesterday. Uh, so first off, you've got, hey, it would be a disservice to me to not listen to anybody who calls. And that is correct. That is 100% correct for him. Uh, I'm not going to make a decision based on money. Uh, and I think that's very smart for him, too. He's in an enviable position here, uh, which none of that's a no, of course. Uh, but none of that's a yes either, which tells me he's still negotiating, right? There, there's ways you communicate it if it's a done deal. Uh, and, and there's a lot to negotiate at a place like Indiana, too. You've got, you're going to want to get big name assistant coaches. Those cost money. You're going to want to get recruiting people. That costs money. And, you know, access to private jets to recruit, uh, you know, certain commitments, NIL commitments, perhaps. Uh, there, there's a lot on the board and a lot to negotiate because. You're in a tough spot there in Indiana. So starting next year, there's essentially two conferences that matter, the Big Ten and the SEC, as they as they load up with all the teams they're going to load up with, Texas, Oklahoma, Washington, Oregon, uh, USC. All the, all the names are either going to play in the Big Ten or the SEC. And this gets you there uh, for Kurt Signetti. Taking a job at, at Indiana gets you right into the middle of that. You're, you're a coach in a major conference, and he's certainly shown he can handle it. Uh, what he's done at JMU this year has been fantastic. But you also say, will there be better openings down the line? Will there be better opportunities? Because we, we talked about this with Mike Rhodes going to Penn State. If you're if you're not elite in one of those conferences, you you can be three and done. You can you can be three and out. You you can have some decent seasons, tread water. People get unhappy because they're paying big bucks. They're not getting results. They'll move you on. These are all things Kurt Signetti has to has to factor in. Now, Indiana, that's that's a state with some football tradition, some football success. Terry McLaurin's from there, uh, very competitive. But you're also dealing with Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, all right there in your backyard recruiting against those teams. Now, Indiana's had sporadic success over the years, and obviously that that's a school with a rich athletic tradition. It'd be a great landing spot. Um, it's a tough spot for Kurt Sinetti, who almost certainly will take another job at some point, either this year or next year. Uh, but these jobs don't stay open forever, and you've got you've to gauge. Is this the one? Is the next one the one? 
what's what's the right move to make? And uh, he's, you know, money's not the determining factor. He's making plenty of money at JMU. But when you get one of those contracts at a big school, that sets you up. That sets you up for life. That sets you up to do the things you want to do and to have the ability uh, to do everything you want uh, in terms of being financially secure, in terms of, you know, taking care of things, whatever needs to be taken care of, whether it's hosting players or hosting people or, or whatever it is, you know, you have the resources to get all those things done. It makes makes life a little easier. And, you, you know, this is all against the backdrop of they could be getting ready to play in a New Year's Six game if things had broken differently. You look at these rankings, they're better than Liberty. They're they're probably better than Tulane. They they could be getting ready to play Troy with a trip to a New Year's Six game on the line. And how would that have changed things? And how would that make make life different for Kirk Signetti and his selection? I'll say this because that that'll wrap up the Signetti talk. But as long as we're on college football, real quick, I've seen floating around the internet this: Hey, look at what a twelve team playoff would be. And then people are excited, all right? Because we talked about yesterday all the good teams this year. I'll just say this. Be careful what you wish for. Because, like, next year, Georgia and Alabama are going to play in the regular season. And then they're, they're going to play again in the SEC title game. And then if they both make the playoffs, they could play again. Same with Michigan-Ohio State. They could play, play again, and then meet again in the playoffs. you got to be careful. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Uh, so I, I would caution the college football playoff enthusiasts to be careful about, look, look at this playoff bracket. Bama's in, and Florida State's in, and Michigan's in, and Ohio State, and Washington and Oregon are both in. If Washington and Oregon are both in, this weekend's different. You know, they're playing for a bye, or they're playing for whatever they're playing for. But it makes Michigan and Ohio State fundamentally different. It makes Alabama-Georgia a fundamentally different football game if you know it might happen again in a few weeks. That would be my caution. I think we'll be revisiting this next year at this time. Uh, I think I think we may, may be nearing too much of a good thing in college football. All right, when we come back, Lane Casadane joins us. Uh, I love watching him on CBS 6. I know you do as well. Get his thoughts on uh, Kurt Signetti, on basketball, on everything else going on in the world of sports. Back with more after this. It's MP on the mic. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Yo, Thursday morning. What is up? Michael Phillips here. It is MP on the mic. You're listening on 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. A word of caution to the college football uh, people who are excited about the 12-team playoff next year. You be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for because... You might have too much Ohio State-Michigan. You might have too much Alabama-Georgia. All those teams could play three times next year. Too much of a good thing is too good of a thing. Uh, we can't have too much of the next good thing, though. Uh, I haven't talked to this guy in a while, so I'm, uh, I'm fired up about this. Good to get Lane Casadani back on the program for a Thursday. Uh, Josh, do we, do we have the sounder? Uh, fired up if we've got it. All right, that's that. <laughs> There we go. TV sports. And if it seems like he knows it all, that's because he does. It's time for Thursdays with Lane Casadante of CBS 6. Lane, what is up? Uh, you know what? You you guys oversell me. I mean, that's <laughs> very difficult to live up to. <laughs> this, 
we don't have much around here, so uh, you know we 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 gotta we gotta really promote what we got, because uh, otherwise it's me talking about Chick Fil A quality, uh, and and that's uh, that, that's about what we're working with here. Um, I got my uh, I got my ballot last night for the the Dudley and the Lanier Awards, uh, top college football yep. players in the state. That'll be on. Is that still right after the Army Navy game on CBS Six? Yes, uh, a week from Saturday. And I, I was struck by just how much talent there is in this area. I mean, obviously got Jada Byers of Virginia Union, who, who's gone crazy. Randolph May, you could have just picked anybody on Randolph Macon. They got a good team. They're still rolling uh, on, on the Dudley. I mean, Jalen Green, even though he's injured, still very much in this. Uh, it, were you struck by that as well? I mean, just some really good football players are going to not win this thing. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, and in several years prior, I don't remember how many years I have voted for this particular honor now, but there's usually one or two front runners that uh, kind of distinguish themselves during the season. And we've got five or six that, you know, you could all make a legitimate case for, if not winning, at least being considered for winning. And um, the fact that programs like JMU and Richmond and uh, Liberty have really risen up and grabbed some of a national spotlight, let alone just a spotlight here in the Commonwealth, I mean, it's good for the game throughout Virginia, but it also makes our jobs a little bit tougher. I mean, it's not just, you know, the best player from Tech or UVA each year like it was for so many years because – they had really good teams. They were nationally ranked every year, and they sent a lot of guys to the NFL. I mean, you could, you could say that about three or four different programs now. Yeah, you're, you know, uh, uh, Basil Tootin um, from Virginia Tech uh, is their nominee. Malik Washington, obviously, uh, for, from UVA, who, who had an all-world season. But uh, honestly, I mean, you can't definitively say those programs are better than JMU anymore, than, than Liberty anymore. I mean, those teams have proven the last few years they're competitive on the field and, and not just in a hypothetical way either. Yeah, and each the, the, way the, uh, the way the structure of the Dudley Award and voting is set up is that each school that sponsors football, and there are 10 Division One programs in the state, 1, 1AA, FBS, FCS, whatever you want to call them, and then there are, I believe, 16 lower-level Division II, three or uh, NAIA programs. So that's 26 programs throughout the state. And they can only nominate one player. So to kind of streamline our process, we ask each program to nominate one player. JMU, I was very interested to see who they would nominate because you yep. have Jalen Green. And then you also have Jordan McLeod, who has really turned a page since being kind of called out by head coach Kurt Signetti back in like week three or four. Yep. Um, but, you know, they nominated Jalen Green, and I don't know how you can go wrong because Jalen will obviously have an NFL opportunity in front of him once he heals up from his knee injury. But there's a lot of, um, a lot of deserving players. Our field is narrowed somewhat. Uh, and you're right, there are a lot of good players that could be honored and considered that are not going to win this because there's only one winner each year. No doubt. Uh, Lane Casadani, he'll, uh, he'll present the Dudley uh, next weekend after the Army-Navy game on CBS 6 to the best 
college football player in the state and the Lanier Award named after Willie Lanier uh, to the best small college player in Virginia. Jada Byers, uh, he, he at least won last year. Has he won two or just one? Just just one. Just uh, one going for two. Year, yeah, last year with his, he, uh, he obviously didn't quite have the numbers that he had this year, but was no less important to Virginia Union's success this year. And their their team success was was bigger this year, uh, making the playoffs, winning that CIAA title. Uh, we got we got two high school football teams uh, still on the hunt here. Uh, I I don't think it's a surprise that it's late November and we're talking about Highland Springs uh, being in the hunt for a state title. Uh, but Matoica, uh, how about that? They're still rolling. Yeah, this is the first time in thirty years that they have played for a regional title. Um, and the first time in 18 years that they have faced Stonebridge, um, a powerhouse in up in uh, Ashburn, Virginia, which has you know has been a thorn in Highland Springs <laughs> yes. for the last five or six years. But Highland Springs has now moved up to Class Six. Stonebridge is still at five, and if the Matoka Warriors can make it to their second state championship game in school history, they will have earned it because the Stonebridge team is as good as advertised every single year. You know, they they make it this far each year for a reason. They're very well coached. Got a lot of really good players that will be playing on Saturday somewhere next year. Um, and you know, and this is this is uh, this is a dynamic Matoica offense. Their defense has only allowed three points in three playoff games. Uh, there were some upsets in their region, which has helped their path, but that's not their fault and they can only play who's placed in front of them and they have two shutouts and they gave up three points last week so uh they have as much of a puncher's chance as anybody this week yeah you know you nailed it though we've called Stonebridge's name one too many times in recent years in terms of uh eliminating uh, a local team i remember a few years ago the one where highland springs was penalized late in the game they got a little, little home cooking up there in ashburn if i uh, if i remember that correctly uh, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens uh, this week with uh, Matoica and Stonebridge in the playoffs. Lane Casadani joins us on Thursdays from CBS Six, uh, best local sports in town, and the only local sports in town. And I I'm intrigued by Kurt Signetti, uh, JMU's football coach, and where he potentially goes. Uh, you got it's flight tracker season, Lane. I, I know you know you're, refresh, you're refreshing your Harrisonburg Airport uh, every few minutes. Uh, plane connected to an Indiana University booster visited twice yesterday. If you were Kurt Signetti, um, is is Indiana like it's crazy to say this about a Big Ten job, but is is that good enough even? Because it feels like he's a pretty national name at this point. Well, and that's the exact question I was asking myself when I saw Indiana pop up. I'm like, is Indiana a better job than JMU? Yeah. I know it's probably more money. It's a little bit higher profile. But right now, I don't think it is. And obviously, coaches, I, I've learned this from talking with them. And more, I learned more talking away and off camera with coaches. But they view things differently than the rest of us. They never look at an opportunity and say, Oh, that's tough. I mean, I could really, you know, there's a bunch of ways I could fail there. They look at an opportunity and say, how can I make that better? And how am I going to win there? And it's just a mindset that you have to have when you are in coaching. So Kurt Signetti and anyone who is interested in that position would look at it differently than the rest of us would. It's like, oh, shoot, I would have to play Michigan. 
and Ohio State and Penn State and you know all these you know huge ranked teams on a regular basis. How the heck am I going to compete with them? They don't think that way. They're like, imagine if I go there and turn <laughs> this around and beat Michigan. Yep. You know, we can do it. What we do works, and we you know we can fix what's not doing well there. So it's going to come down to what makes the most sense for him, his family, some of his staff. You know, you and I look at it as fans and from kind of a, you know, a bit of a Homer perspective because a lot of us either went to JMU or have kids that go there right now or have been covering the program for a while. We're like, well, JMU is successful. Why would you leave? And, you know, is the challenge still there? So, um, you know, they went 11-1 and this year and can't play for their conference title. And we know all about that mess, too. But, um, you know, looking at it on its face, I don't know that Indiana is a better opportunity. You, you know, I, you, that's a great observation. And to drive that point home, somebody is going to agree to coach the Carolina Panthers next year, right? Dan Snyder was able to hire coaches for so many years. Like, you'd be, oh, man, who'd want to go coaching Carolina for David Tepper? Like, somebody will do it. Um, and and, and that, that, is, that is a great uh, observation because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, at face value, like, man, give me JMU and a chance at a Sunbelt title next year. But uh, the, the money, the prestige, the, the, the ability to run in those Big Ten circles, these guys, uh, these guys do not shy away from a challenge. And so, like you said, someone is going to take that money. Uh, someone <laughs> always stepped up to take Dan Snyder's money, even though the rest <laughs> of us do. It would be an abject failure and a poor decision. There's always somebody that, and, and again, they view it differently than we do. They're like, how am I going to succeed? Not, oh, God, there's so many ways I could fail. Favorite phrase I ever heard off the microphone, it's the reverse car wash uh, in Ashburn. You come in clean, you leave dirty uh, when, you, when you take Dan Snyder's money. All right, Lane Casadone, CBS 6. Watch him uh, every night and uh, busy weekend ahead. Uh, we'll talk some college basketball next time maybe. Uh, but Lane, Lane, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll see you down the line. Mike, thanks for having me. Have a great weekend, everyone. All right, there he goes. We're going to step aside and take a break. Back with more after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Rock and roll, all right. This is MP on the mic. Happy to be with you on a live from Ashburn Thursday. At the top of the hour, you'll hear from Terry McLaurin, Kendall Fuller, Ron Rivera, and more as we uh, get you caught up to speed on everything going on with the local football team. Uh, my chat with Kevin Sheehan coming up at 11.30. He is on the air in D.C. at our sister station, the Team 980. So plenty of Commander's coverage in hour number two after an hour number one where we stayed focused on college football and college basketball ahead of a big game tonight for Virginia Tech. Women's basketball, they'll take on LSU at 9 o'clock. LSU star Angel Reese back in the lineup for the first time since her four-game double-secret probation that Kim Mulkey put her on. Uh, She will be uh, suited up uh, against Liz Kitley, uh, Virginia Tech's preseason All-American. If this is anything like that Virginia Tech-Iowa game earlier in the month, this is going to be must-watch television. Uh, Certainly worth 
hanging around for tonight. Joe Bamisil's appeal was officially denied at VCU. The school announced yesterday afternoon. Last last night, UVA stuck its claim to being back as uh, they smothered Texas A&M. Uh, zero bench points. The starters just uh, carried the day, held Texas A&M at arm's distance the whole way. Very impressive top 25 win for that defense. They'll start conference play on Sunday. Virginia Tech loses to Auburn. Uh, Richmond heads to Wichita State, lost to the Shockers, 80-68. to uh, You heard a lot of ECU talk on yesterday's show because we were uh, – uh, we were uh, over at the Siegel Center. Uh, we're on the move. Ashburn today, Siegel Center yesterday. Uh, if you missed Ryan Odom's press conference or my chat with Zach Joachim about the state of the Rams, uh, you'll, of course, want to hit that up on the podcast, MP on the mic on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, live from Ashburn is always a thrill, and we can't do it without our guy, JC, on the board. JC, what's up, dude? Howdy, howdy. Uh, do you have Twitter? I... <laughs> I just recently downloaded Twitter uh, or reinstalled it for the first time in like, God, six years. Okay, yeah, I, I started you, working here. That that's why uh, that that's why you're a happier, you know, but you have a better day to day disposition than most people, because uh, the rest of us are <laughs> are stuck in that swamp and uh, you you're just blissfully oblivious to to everything going on down there. All right, so uh, Elon Musk he bought Twitter, uh, renamed it X. Uh, you may remember that. Um, and, uh, he said some things that were anti-Semitic. Apparently people didn't like that. Some advertisers, including Disney pulled out. Uh, so Elon Musk was at an event put on, uh, yesterday and was asked, uh, essentially what, what are you going to do about this? Here's what Elon Musk said. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger I hope today. they stop. You hope, uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. But go f*** yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob. If you're in the audience. Well, well let me ask you then. That's how I feel. Don't about- advertise. Actually, what what this advertising boycott is uh, is is going to do? It's it's going to kill the company. But there are those advertisers. I imagine are going to say they're going to say we didn't kill the company. Oh yeah. They're going to say tell it to tell it to Earth. But they're going to say that they're going to say Elon that you killed the company because you said these things and that they were inappropriate things and that they didn't feel comfortable on the platform. Right. Well, that's see, that's and, what and they're going to say. And let's see how Earth responds to that. <laughs> about Michael. Tell it to Earth is such a great that? line. <laughs> tell it to what? Earth. <laughs> yeah, t- tell that to the planet. <laughs> Dude, I mean, is anybody lost more like public esteem in in less of a time than this guy did? Like, because because if you had asked me two years ago, like Elon Musk, I'd be like, ah, yeah, the Tesla guy, the cars, zoom zoom, like electric cars. He's got rocket right. ships, and now mm-hmm. like who's Elon Musk? Like he's the crazy guy. He's that crazy eccentric rich dude. Yep. I love I love that the interviewer is like explaining to him how making money works. So he's like, well, you've told the advertisers uh, to do profane things to themselves. And I see here that you run a business. Uh, mm-hmm. I could see this being an issue. Tell it to Earth. <laughs> well, tell that to Earth. 
get real. <laughs> Tell that to Earth. <laughs> it's it, talking about. It, it appears that your company will be wildly unprofitable and, and lose money. Yeah, you telling me? Tell that to Earth. Like we're we're going to we're going to document why our company is dying, and we're going to let people know. And what is he? What is he implying by that? Is he implying that, you know? I think he's implying that people will by the planet. Yeah, people will. No, I think he's implying that people will boycott the companies that pulled their advertising because they are so upset that these companies killed Twitter. Um, I I don't like the chances of that. It's was it uh, dodgeball? It's it's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I think we've had that we've had that conversation before too. I am Pepper Brooks, and you are. <laughs> so so the strategy here is uh you said you you said some crazy stuff um and then then america uh was like eh no we're staying away from that he's like yeah so i'm gonna stand by that uh we'll let earth be the judge here i think earth might weigh in on this (laughs) yeah i mean that's kind of what twitter's for right or x excuse me used to be when it's when it existed um i I will admit I'm part of the problem here. I paid them. I paid them the eight dollars for the for the Twitter X Premium just to change my name because my name had Times Dispatch in it, and I had to change. Oh, and you can't do that unless you pay your eight bucks. But I canceled right away. So I, he's only got eight dollars of my money. Just just to be clear, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he's getting from MP. All right, JC, thank you for rocking it on the board today. The Live from Ashburn show rolls on. As promised, we will go inside the Commander's Locker Room right after this. You are listening to MP on the Mic. This is 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Yeah, you got me? I gotcha. Uh, Are you good? Are you echo-free? I I think so right now. It might be this burner phone I'm using. I'm on the uh, the Jimbo Fisher uh, So. I'll I'll love it, dude. Seventy-seven million to not coach. That's that's good work if you can get it. There's there's two of the, the two greatest jobs in the world are an SEC coach for the first day and a fired SEC coach. <laughs> no a- better, a- it, now I know A and not like a charter SEC school. They're kind of a late ad, but they the way they approach their team. Like I don't know if you saw the introductory presser with Elko down there. That's a cult. They fit in. It's a good fit for the it, SEC. It, it's a, it's, I'm telling you what, there, there's nothing like it. And when they say just eat more, you know, they are drinking the Kool-Aid. And also, <laughs> have you seen this now? Only in the SEC can Bobby Petrino go back to Arkansas. Yes! of coordinator. I mean, they're going to dust off the Harley and break out the neck brace. This is, this is just, I mean, only in the SEC. I covered it for a decade, and <laughs> I'm telling you what, the three-ring uh, circus is back. Oh my goodness! It's that's the best entertainment product in America. With apologies to world wrestling, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> all right, I think Georgia Alabama is the game we're all excited about this weekend. If Alabama wins, we have full on chaos. I love it. Um, now, my thought is you can't leave Alabama out of the playoffs if they beat Georgia. Um, obviously, Georgia win would make things clean. Five and a half is the line last I saw. What, what, what's your read here? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this is really the only way you get two one-loss teams in the playoff right now, as or unless, unless you know, all chaos breaks loose. The way you get it is, is if George, Alabama beats Georgia and, you know, one or two of the other undefeated teams lose, then you could have possibly two SEC teams and leave, leave out a whole bunch of other people. Um, I think it's just – I think it's really interesting that 
and a hundred, I saw this yesterday um, on Twitter and I can't remember who, so I can't give him credit, but I mean, you can look it up out of like the last 190 games since 2010, Alabama has only been an underdog three times and all three times it's been to Georgia and they're a five point dog wow. in this one. But, but the way Alabama finished that game against Auburn and you talk about, you know, now I've officially seen it all. Um, and, and, and the way that Georgia's kind of not been really knocking people out like they did last year, I think this could be a really interesting game. I, you know, Alabama plus five and a half, you know, does not hurt my feelings at all. And, and I think it's a, I think it's a game that Alabama could win, um, you know, straight up and, you know, definitely with the points, but goodness, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be, that's going to be the best conference championship game of the weekend. And that's saying something because you got Oregon, Washington on Friday night. You've got, you know, uh, Louisville, Florida State, I think could be, you know, sneaky good. Um, but I, that Alabama Georgia game, I think Alabama's coming in hot and, uh, you know, they got a chance to, to, to really take some things up. I know. I, I like that play too. I just, I've, I've been burned already this year when Texas came to Bama. It's like, I get Nick Saban and points and against Texas who disappoints every single year. Like, I just could not be yeah. more excited about this situation. Absolutely. And, and, <laughs> you know, five and a half, like, you know, three, five and a half, Nick Saban and five and a half points. Yeah, and, 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 and it's in Atlanta, which is, you know, Tuscaloosa is not that far away from Atlanta, you know, and it's going to be, I mean, it's, listen, I've covered, I've covered 10, 11 SEC championship games, and that, those places, you know, they face 50 50, but let's just say people Ooh, yeah. that it's crazy. Uh, it's not going to be a home game for Georgia. It's going to be, it, it, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. And I'll tell you what, Dalen Milrow is playing lights out. He is, he is a really phenomenal athlete who's starting to figure out how to play quarterback. And I'm, I'm telling you what, the, the Alabama's got, got it. And I think, you know, I, I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm hammering that five and a half plus five and a half. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I, I lament that Oregon Washington is a Friday night game, right? Like I, I want to, I want to enjoy that in like the noon slot instead of watching whatever, <laughs> whatever slop we're going to get served there. I, uh, you know, I'm an old man now. I struggle to stay up for these late ones. Really? Um, but, but certainly the way that ended in Seattle, you got to think Oregon stands a good chance here. Oh, yeah. I think that, you know, Oregon, and they're given, but, you know, the only thing is, is, yes, straight up, I got Oregon, but nine and a half, that's a little bit, that's a little steep for me. You know, there's a lot of points, nine and a half point favorites, a lot of points. Now, both teams can score. At one point, they were the top two scoring teams in the country. Oregon's number two in the country right now, out over 45 points a game. They're the second best offense in the country, almost, you know, 500 yards plus per game. I mean, and Bo Nix, you know, quarterback in there, you know, legit Heisman Trophy contender. Um, you know, you got Michael Penix Jr., another, you know, legit Heisman Trophy contender. I think war, I think Washington, Got a little the books out a little bit on them. You know they struggled the last two games when they were blowing people out. They only won the last two games by a combined five points, and that's Washington State and the Apple Cup as well, which is not a very good football team. So I think Oregon's coming in with some momentum. I think they win the game, but that nine and a half is a lot. So I got Washington plus nine and a half, but I think Oregon wins, and Washington goes undefeated all year. One loss, Washington oh. get in over a one loss anybody. So yeah, yeah, Oregon. Yeah might be able to get their way in if they win the Pac-12 and some other things happen. Timing is everything, and uh, it's a bad time to have a loss. Although, uh, I mean, Liberty, Liberty's still scooting by. We might be talking about Liberty on Monday, Mike. Mike, Michael, Michael, no. They're not going to be talking about Liberty. <laughs> you know, I said that on this show for 12 weeks straight, and then they put out, they didn't put SMU in the top 25 last night. I, like, 
that felt like a statement. I think I, I you know, I, I, I like it. I like it for Liberty and the planes. You know, I, I might have a daughter going there next year. You know, when, when my money goes there, I might, I might pull for them, but I don't think they're in a conversation. Uh, if we're talking about maybe New Year's six, maybe a New Year's six game. I doubt it. But, oh, oh, no, uh, I'm at New Year's. I'm at New Year's six. Yeah. 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 Not, okay, not, not, okay. not play. I'm not yeah. that crazy. Mike. Okay. I haven't gone yeah, off the I'm deep end say. yet. <laughs> How much have we had to drink already this morning? Oh, yeah, it's, it's 11 o'clock, big, big early happy hour. <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, and then w- one more, we'll, we'll wrap it up with Michigan-Iowa. Um, Iowa has been a, a darling of the betting community because we've watched this under go lower and lower and lower every week. And every week they hit it, um, can, can they stop? Not can they win, they can't win. Can they hold Michigan in check a little bit? No, I don't think so. One and two, I saw, you know, speaking of, you know, Iowa can't score. Like, they, they, like, I think it's like they just can't. I watched some of that Iowa Nebraska game and I really thought like it put football back 80 years, but it also like, I I mean, it was, it was gross. It was, it was pretty, it was disgusting. It was like (laughs) mayonnaise and ketchup on a sandwich. It was just disgusting. But Here's the thing. I saw like drafting sportsbooks and some of these sportsbooks, at least yesterday, the over under for Iowa's first half point total was 0.5. Was a half oh, of- wow. It was even money. It was even money. I love it. I love it. Uh, That's how bad that game's going to be. Well, you've been making an impact because I, I taught our guy Josh, who's producing about over under now. So, so we're spreading we're spreading the good yeah. word here. Um, <laughs> front front frontpagebets.com is the website. Mike, always appreciate you taking some time to join us. Yeah, all right, Michael, have a great week, man. All right, you too. And uh, frontpagebets.com. Learn about this weekend's games. Back with more after this. You're listening to the nine ten The Fan at one oh five one FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.